It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's our goal. Hey! It's time for Breaking Bread with Papa. Hey! Don't you know? Hey! It's also a show. Hey! Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. We have a great show for you today. The one and only Pete Holmes is with us. This is very exciting. I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. He's such an interesting guy, such a funny person, and I know him, but not deeply. I mean, like we've been in each other's circles for a long time, but I, 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 he's kind of one of those guys you just need to talk to for a long period of time because he's got so much going on. He's just so funny, such a special person, and uh, I'm so excited to have Pete actually come in here to the studio, and I'm going to fill him up with vegan donuts and beautiful sourdough bread and uh, some special water from Italy. This is going to be very exciting. And this weekend, the weekend of September 3rd, Pete is playing the Brea Improv. Tickets are available at PeteHolmes.com. And I'd also like to thank the good people at MoinkBox.com. MoinkBox is this great company that takes meat from family farms Get away from the giant corporations and the giant uh, overproduced meat services and you can get this great box of anything that you want. These great cuts of meat, these bratwursts, all of this stuff from these great um, network of family farms. And it comes right to your door. You can go to Moinkbox, Moink box, that's M-O-I-N-K, Moink, like oink, box.com slash papa to get a year of bacon for free what yes a year of bacon for free when you go to moinkbox.com slash papa and pick what meats you want delivered with your first box how great is that you'll only find this kind of meat on family farms and now it comes right to your house equality meat and support family farms it's a win-win that's moinkbox m-o-i-n-k-b-o-x dot com slash papa p-a-p-a for a year of free bacon when you sign up thank you moink uh, more on that later all right let's get right into it we have a long conversation a great conversation with pete holmes so happy that he came he came out to the studio he sat here at the table and we just fill him with lots of treats and he filled us with a lot of great great conversation he's just so funny so naturally funny, such a good guy. He has a new show coming out on CBS called Smallwood. He, you know him, of course, from Crashing. You know him from College Humor. You know from his stand-up, all of his work with Conan. He's just really great, and he's always creating great, great projects. And he's just very thoughtful, nice, good guy. I can't wait for you to uh, spend some time with him here at the table on Breaking Bread. So let's jump right into it. Enjoy my conversation with Pete Holmes. I don't hate Boston. We were saying that I would love Boston if I wasn't from there. Do you feel that way about the newer Jersey? Mm, you yeah. like it. You're like one of those weird... You yeah, lo- I kind of love, 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 love New back, Jersey. Really? Yeah. Like the, the wooded part? The, the wooded de- part, the deer part, the deer part, the wooded part, yeah. the yeah, Hoboken I, part, the beach part. Yeah, there's a lot of good parts. There are a lot of good parts. I like Boston. I like Boston for... That if, was, I, if I wasn't from there, everywhere I look is somewhere I was belittled. 
like you can't look and go like, oh, that's where I shit my pants. Like it's like a, it's a tour of trauma. You have, you have. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for can being you get here. Can a bigger microphone? Um, no, I love that you're like restaurant you smell aesthetic. Them. I don't want to smell it. I don't. Smell no, it's it. no. They're they're brand new sterilized oh, for really? you. Smell it. Oh my Jesus! That's yeah. Lysol. I know that. Yeah, smell. that's good. That's a good smell. I know that smell. I have this fragrant. That's my that's my cologne. You are such a um, a wild. You are such an interesting person. <laughs> like literally, I woke up today and I don't do this with all the podcasts. Mm. Like excited to sit and talk oh, to you. I was because, so excited to do because we're always in each other's orbit. Yeah. Recently, yeah, I would say recently. Like I don't know, like we're last a couple six largets. years, or whatever. Largets. We're a couple of largets. <laughs> yeah, and um, I adore you, but I don't truly trust you. Know that much? I trust you at all? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be giving you the loan today. Huh. That's weird. You you asked me to break bread with you. I just needed five grand to float me. <laughs> I love the idea of being floated. Like the money's the water. Yeah. It fills yeah. in and float floats it. you. Yeah. No one wants to float. You just float me for, float for me a little for bit. bit. Like a root beer float? Yeah, just oh, someone. <gasps> Maybe that's what it is. You, when you're broke, you're just a cup of root beer. And you're like, will you float me? And it's like, yeah. And you put the ice cream and you're like, <laughs> now I'm sizzling. Yeah. I'm just sort of cream dripping down. It should be nasty. Yeah, it should it's be gross. so good. You just um, triggered a memory. and yeah. No, Mark Maron had an interview in the Wall Street Journal this week. Oh, really? Because he has that movie coming out. He's in... Um, he's in... Uh, Endgame? Uh, no. <laughs> At the end with Thanos, he's like, we good? <laughs> we good? I, know we you didn't, I didn't get you. You didn't get to kill 50%, but like, Are you good okay? You're not mad at me. <laughs> right? right? My dad? And uh, he said when he was on mushrooms or something, he was tripping in school and... It was like the best advice he got or something. And and the, some guy came up to him, saw he was like kind of freaking out. And he just said, just hang on, man. Just and he was like, oh. And yeah. it's like, yeah, just just hang on. That's great. Resistance is futile. Yeah. Meaning it's it's futile. Now I'm saying it the other way. Yeah. It's, <laughs> resistance is futile. It's futile. But it's futile but it's futile if, if you're talking to someone from Jersey. If futile's first, then you say it that way. I baked anyway. you bread. But yeah. I, but on the way, I asked if you uh, wanted coffee, and you said not past noon. Because of your bit, your great bit. That bit's about me. It, yeah. If I dabble in the dark beverages after noon... You're up all night? I'm fucked. I know. So this water... Don't tell me the story of this water. You're listen a sommelier for water. I am a sommelier for water. You know who else is? I didn't know it was going to be sparkling. I've never okay. had the sparkling one. All I want is sparkling. Aaron, what did I ask for when I came in? Sparkling water. <laughs> oh, that's and amazing. You know what he said? He and, said, maybe Tom will have some. And I literally stop at Monte Carlo, the Pinocchio place. On, and I, and what, are they paying you? No, they're not. <laughs> I was actually thinking that on the way in. I was like, I want to thank them all the time. And they don't even know who I am. Hilarious. <laughs> but I stop because I get treats from there. This Fuji water. Fuji. My that, friend was, was like, this, really is from, <laughs> this is from some special place <laughs> in Italy. And it's very hard to get, but this oh. place has it. Has Italian and, stuff. Yeah, all okay. Italian well, stuff. Uh, Cheers. What we, what, what's the Italian one? They were telling us that we should get, take this before the vaccine because it wouldn't wreck you. Come again? Yeah, the toast. I don't know. Salute? Salute, yeah, I think. But what, what is it? Bubble water saves you from the side effects of a vaccine? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're saying? They were saying that this is like super healthy water that people drink to cure all sorts of ales. That now, sounds like something... We're Italians in, we're in do like, like a Catholic church. And <laughs> yeah, drink this water. I Italians do that. Well, being hydrated 
If there, if there, like, I actually one of the sponsors of my podcast is called Liquid IV. There's no promo code, uh-huh. but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to plug them because when I got the Vax, it's it's just there's a number of hydration multipliers out there. They have uh-huh. like magnesium and all this shit, right? And I chugged a lot of that. So if anybody's like, oh, I would get vaccine, but I don't want that, just drink a lot of liquid IV or something similar. Right. Plug that water. I'm so boring. Let's get this. You could just have a sip of it and and you're good because it's magic. You know what? It is magic. There's no new water, Tom. You know that, right? There's no new water. What do you mean by that? This is the same water. What? This is the same water Jesus drank, Gandhi drank. Who do you like? Martin Luther King Jr.? Martin Luther King Sr. You're like a fucking weird guy. I was going to say John Lennon. Okay, John Lennon. John Lennon <laughs> bathed in this water. This this water was on John Lennon's balls. It was? Yeah. It just recirculates? That's that's the beautiful thing. Like, we're surrounded by clues mm-hmm. of how everything works. I yeah. don't mean to be too Pete Holmesy right now. But, like, every once in a while, I'll get in that space. Most of the time, I'm in the space we're, we're all in, where I'm like, <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh-huh. And every once in a while, I'm like, just look at water. Just look at everything. Just look at everything. Everything. And why do you think you're separate from this world? The same world that keeps cycling and reusing and repurposing right. and resurrecting. Resurrecting doesn't mean resuscitating. Right. Of course, I'm, I'm alluding It means to reusing? It. it means change, usually positive right. change. Right, right, so, right. So, you know, this is, that's one of my passions is kind of telling people a different way of looking at Christianity. Christianity being the most popular religion in this country. Mm -hmm. And most people, I was one of them, grew up believing that resurrection means uh, resuscitation, that Jesus' heart just started beating and he walked out. Zombie Jesus. Yeah. Zombie Jesus. Zombie Jesus. There he is. Yeah. He he wasn't looking great when they put him in the tomb. (laughs) Now it's been three days. He comes out and they're happy to see him. (laughs) I don't think that's a resuscitation. I think that's a resurrection. I think that's what happens to stars. Mm -hmm. You and I are the resurrection of stars, actually. We're made of an exploding star. And... I'm reading this great book called Thank God for Evolution. I'm not crazy about the title because it sounds like I'm trying mm-hmm. to be like a hip Christian. Like, right. I like evolution. <laughs> yeah. But it's a little, it's like 13 years old. But they make this beautiful point that the whole thing is death and resurrection, meaning mm-hmm. everything, a meteor came the size of Texas and crashed into the earth and killed all the dinosaurs. And that's why we have dogs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, that's how everything right. works. It's right. always arcing towards more novelty, more newness, mm-hmm. more life. More exploration of itself. That's right. all I'll say. We don't have to talk all about No, that. because that's, I mean, that is, um, You're right, I've been working on the similar theme, not so much the natural world or the spiritual world, but just the human world that like, you're, like there's a map for everything we've already, anything you're doing, that's just, right. just take a beat and look at who did it before you. For all these centuries. There's a um, reason there's a cocktail hour at that time. Yeah. There's a reason you leave your parents at that time. Yeah. There's a reason for every... There's like, That's right. It's all been mapped out. Well, it's all figured out. Pay attention. the great comforts attention. of life is that when my mom, who's like 80, sometimes she'll be freaking out and I'll just... It's weird, kind of reversal. And I'll be like, mom, you're part of something. Mm-hmm. I know you feel old and sort of irrelevant. That's sort of her fear. Yeah. I'm like, you're not irrelevant you're a part you're an integral part of the chain right and anybody watching you are too mm-hmm. like if you feel isolated and alone first of all the, this is the exercise i like to do look at all the things that are supporting you right now even if no one in your life like yeah steve at the last blockbuster that you work at mm-hmm. he uh, fired you you don't feel supported but right now you're being supported by you and i are being supported by these chairs mm-hmm. by the ground by the gravity by the atmosphere mm-hmm. like the atmosphere is feeding us all these things really. are sustaining you your heart is beating without you asking it to that's your be- your heart is being beaten by life itself you're not breathing you are mm-hmm. being breathed right meaning there's something that while you're asleep dead asleep is keeping you alive that's mm-hmm. support 
Okay, that's a little esoteric. To get even more, the way you, Tom Popper, are playing with that bottle cap is the way that your great-great-great-grandmother did. Yes. You know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. It continues on. It continues. And this isn't just for people who have children. Mm -hmm. Everybody is part of a tapestry called this. Yeah. And that is the least lonely feeling in the world. And when you consider the, the molecules in this bread are being animated by the same fundamental life energy that you are, and now I know I sound like Russell Brand. Keep going. But I'm it's here. literally true. Yeah. I mean, in physics, it's literally true. Everything stripped down to its most base thing is mm-hmm. kind of the same thing so what do you mean by that it, what, basically what for I my mean, bread for your bread <clears throat> we look and we see separate things i see the table i see this wooden thing i see the yep. bread i see you and i see the air in between us i don't see it yeah I, i'm aware of it I right feel it moving smell it i smell it mostly it smells like lysol <laughs> but really if you could just kind of change the way that you look at reality if you could see atoms mm-hmm. this is just a swarm of goddamn bees right <laughs> billions and billions it's like television staff yeah so you and me are the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I draw the perimeter here. Mm-hmm. It's, like someone, it's, like, it's like watching television static and I draw a perimeter around something and I go, that's Tom. Right. And that's me. <laughs> that's the bread. Right. And that can be lonely. So much of like, in my experience, depression is a feeling of, of being outside of the world. Mm-hmm. That's why we create all these things. We create awards and jobs and right. titles and business cards to be like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Yeah. But my biggest message and it's not religious is you by virtue of you being here Mm -hmm. is your ticket to the show you're in right why are you doing this are we (laughs) no why are we uh this is exactly what i wanted and uh i hope so because we can go to boner town like there's like like, which pete do you want to interview (laughs) like really no because like back to what the beginning of uh saying hello to you why I was so excited, because like I said, we, we know each other, but we don't, you know, we don't really know each other that well. Yeah. And when thinking about you, I always have those categories in a way that you're describing. It's like, there's the, just the fun, lovable goofball Pete. Yeah, sure. Who's with Val and, and yeah. Lee and just uh, having a fun little life. Yeah, that's And right. then there's this very searching spiritual Pete. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this professional Pete. Yeah. Who's very efficient and very good at Who his job. Who admires you very much. Who's yeah. very good at his job. So I was like... The so, other two don't like you, but the, the middle one <laughs> thinks you're really... And I literally knew when we when I came in, like, there's not going to be enough time to, like, go through all the stuff that I want to go through with yeah. Pete. But uh, but this part, starting in this spiritual part... Well, is, the reason I like... Sorry. Is, ...is so magical... But right back to the question of, so if that is true and where there is a swarm of bees and we're, it's just this big mishmash of energy that we're all kind of tapping into and, and floating through, why are you and I painting the same pictures with a, of those bees at this moment? Well, because I think the bees are masquerading as that. I mean, I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as woo-woo. Uh, the bees is like a deconstruction of what's happening. It's, it's like if we could right. step it back. Right. But when we step it back, we're undoing what the bees are doing, which is forming as you. But we're so we're sharing that reality, though. That's right. Right. But it is a hallucination in a sense, but that doesn't mean it's not real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, one of the earliest thought experiments I remember as a kid is like, and I think we all did this, is how do you know? I'm colorblind, color deficient. I can see color. Mm-hmm. But like this, this table is a good example it, it could be purple, it could be wine red, yeah. it could be crimson. I, I would bet a lot of money that it's a crimson, right? Kind of like a whiny crimson. I, I, yeah. So you don't even know. I'm not that great with color either, but I, that's I what I always that. thought it was. Fun. 
But that, that I remember being in like second grade and someone was like, well, how do I know that what you see is red isn't blue and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And I just never got over those types of like <laughs> yeah. lava lamp questions. <laughs> right. The question of like, why should anything exist? Yeah. Which yeah. is a great question. Not to find the answer, but mm-hmm. the state of questioning brings you naturally into naturally occurring gratitude, wonder, and a little bit of a joke. It's like a joke. Like, mm-hmm. it's not so serious. Like, we don't right. have to like freak out and feel the floor drop out and go like, well, I don't know. Baby, you don't have to know. I know I sound like a hippie, but baby, you don't have to know. It's yeah. okay. Right. But I say, you know, I'm working on this bit. It almost never works. You, you maybe saw me do it the first uh-huh. time where I was like, we're all kind of in it together. But if you're using God or nothing as a way to end the participation with the mystery, I think you're doing it wrong. Right. You can be nothing, but be a pen Gillette nothing. Mm-hmm. Pen is out there playing and experimenting and, and, and feeling it. And right. Having the unknowingness flow through him as a life-giving force. Right. Not, not, what do you think this is? This is a fucking chicken bone in a rain drain, baby. <laughs> and, and that just becomes a wall between right. you and all of the new data. Right. We have the Big Bang, but we also have the Big Crunch. You know about mm, the Big Crunch? No. Well, they, they believe that it, the universe is doing this. Oh. Like, and that, that would be what religions are sort of alluding to when they're like, there's an Armageddon, everything crunches and it explodes. Oh, Don't panic. Right, 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 right. Billions of years away, uh-huh. they believe. Um, but like, that's new data. Right. So play with that. Uh, but a lot of people do that with God. More famously, people do it with God. God is a way of ending the conversation mm-hmm. and not wondering mm-hmm. and not literally experiencing experiencing the rapturous titillation of going, of being, what the fuck? What right. Is this? Or tapping in a little bit. Because for me, God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all categories of human thought, including being and non-being. So does it exist or not as a non-starter? Because I believe the concept of this mystery is it's, actually outside of the realm of being and non-being. Right. That's, a, that's a third dimension question. We go, is yeah. Keontae real? And I'm saying there's a room in my brain for something outside of this realm, right. but also permeating every inch of it. I, uh, I've been studying TM for a long time yeah. and or practicing it. And only recently did I start to, I just started thinking, oh, this is, this is what we're, all these can openers of religion, this is all what they're trying, this is the same space. Yeah, be present that, and feel the presence. You're right, just in that, in that rhythm, in that thing where you just kind of just but dip t- below the surface of all the chaos for a second. When you turn and, and ride all the that. Tom programs off, and right. there's something still there. Right. That's the that's the game. Right. That's what I would call living spirit. I like right. religious language, so I call it living spirit. Yeah. And that is not only a fun concept; mm-hmm. it's something you can engage with. And I'll make it super practical. You're shooting the informant. Matt Damon's taking a two-hour dump. You're like, I got to get home to my kids. What the fuck is going on? You can actually dr- learn to drill into that wellspring, mm-hmm. that sort of infinite wellspring, and let it energize you. Not right. In a very practical way. It's almost just like... What's an interesting thing is that you you reach a point where you don't have to say, now I'm going to tap into that. That's right. It just occurs. That's right. And that's what you're practicing when yeah. you're doing TM. You're like, holy... Even a dead person is animated. You Ew. Know? <laughs> 
<laughs> but they, on a molecular level, they're teeming with life. Their, right. their body is still moving and mm-hmm. changing. Mm-hmm. I, I love atom stuff. I don't know that much about it, but 98% of your atoms every year are replaced. 98%. 98%. What's the 2% that's holding on? Those are the good, those are the good babies. Yeah, what like are those? They're, they're in it for the long haul. Magictrons. Like, no, I still want to be Tom's middle nose thing. I want to be that. <laughs> I want to be in there. But I, 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 I'm in. I brought these for you. What First of this? all, I baked that bread for you. Tell me about the bread because I asked Aaron, how like old is the starter? Are there any fun facts about the bread? Uh, yeah, this, this starter is about eight years old. Wow. And it stays in the refrigerator. This and then when you want to cook, good. you bring it out and you, you, um, you feed it flour and water and it starts to bubble and become light and Very then you, you bake bread. that's your yeast yeah so it's the only thing in it is flour water salt and yeast that's all i love it and i and i fell in love with it when i started to do it because i was like i can't believe i haven't been eating bread my whole life right it's I've like been, when you have a real tomato like from yes. somebody's garden you're like what the fuck was on my whopper <laughs> right. it's just like a child's japanese eraser you're like i think i ate a japanese eraser my whole life my whole life yeah and it's, it's the same kinda, thing with real sushi yeah like when you get the real it fires off in your brain yeah well i'm very touched to eat your bread and val and i are like just it's like a joke mm-hmm. we just were like Oh, I don't think we like gluten, but fuck that shit. I'm eating your gluten today. Okay, yeah, no, that was that was the other Pete pro, Pete um, mystery. It was yes, like, okay, I know I'm not bringing him booze because I just know Pete it's going to be it'll be water, it'll be good, yeah. and then the bread will be good. And then I was like, well, he's I know no, I'll, he's I'll vegan, eat whatever you got. So I gave him vegan donuts. You got his donuts? Yes, I got oh you guys vegan donuts. Well, we're gonna eat. And then that. I wasn't sure. Will there, would you throw up a sugar thing? No, or no, no, I'll eat thing? this. This will be okay. I want to. This is boring, but I'm the guest, so. <laughs> it's um, not boring. On my own podcast, I'm like, shut the <laughs> fuck up, Pete. Shut the fuck up. But when I'm a guest, uh, I'm like, I'm just going to tell you this. <laughs> I do, this is going to sound a little sappy, but I feel safe and good. Like, sometimes someone will hand me something mm. that's not vegan. Right. And I will eat it. And I think there's something really beautiful in that. The forgoing or the circumventing of a value. Uh Some people might think the opposite. Like, this is bullshit. To include them. To feel love in that Mm -hmm. moment. To to just go like, well, maybe my stomach isn't going to enjoy it. Maybe all these different things. And maybe ethically it's strange for me or whatever. Yeah. But I'm going to eat the fuck out of these donuts. And I haven't had sugar in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. Well, I'm trying to get healthy, you know. Yeah, always you're always like, doing that. You're always kind of dialing in, and but it. I go up yeah, and down a yeah. Little, like, I do the, the same alley. thing where you're like, you you, you want to dial it in, and then you find something that seems like it's working for a bit. Yeah, and but it never really like holds forever. So I was like, maybe I'll get him in a weak moment where he'll take some sugar. No, I will eat this and I will enjoy this. But especially all uh, vegan. My mouth is watering right now. You can eat it now if you want. Well, we're gonna eat it now because you don't know, you don't know sugar high, Pete. You're you're about to meet him. Which one's the best? Have you had these? I I have had these, but um I not an, I'm not I don't know them enough to say. But I always like the maple glaze. That's always yeah. a, that's always a donuts are classic. always like it's the plain Jane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yes. walk in the dance floor. There's some girl with like a boob out, and she's shaking a leg, and that's like your your Claire. She's shaking a leg. I use I say boob out, which is like very modern. And then I'm like you know shaking a leg, razzmatazz. And you're like, well, I should dance with that one. No, no, no. No. Go find the girl reading a Jane Austen book in the dark. She doesn't even have a light. That's your glaze. Her parents pushed her into the gym. That's right. And they're like, you have fun, damn it. And they're Amish. 
but even she's not fun to them. It's <laughs> just like, get her out of here. That's your donut. <laughs> we'll never get her married off. But maybe I'm basic. Like the older I get, I'm very like, mm-hmm. you just want like a simple. good old simple I know. done well. Yeah. We are two old men now. No, I know. I bet this one's fantastic because it has coconut on it. Ooh, that one does look good. This is like comedians and cards, but you, are you ever worried about Jerry? I watch that show and I go, Jerry, <laughs> are you going to take it fucking easy, pal? <laughs> Out with, uh, with what's his, his name? No, no, not the coffee. Uh, it's I it's you mostly a plate. it's mostly no, no. It's mostly jealousy. He was with Sebastian, uh-huh. and they're like, "Let's go, let's go get a coffee." I'm like, "That's fine." Now let's go get a. I know the best cookies in town. Goes and gets a cookie. He's <laughs> like, "You want to go to Cats and get a corned beef?" I'm like, "Jerry, you're like 60 years old." What are you, you know, doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and Seb- even Sebastian, I'm like, "What are we doing?" <laughs> eating huge corned beef sandwiches not even talking about not riffing about them enough to justify them right and he's like yeah, you want to go get a there? cigar <laughs> we're gonna add 300 milligrams of nicotine on top of this and carbon monoxide <laughs> i'm such a square tell him i said that i love him joey can we have a napkin for P- mr holmes yes please what am i audrey hepburn <laughs> that's really and mr papa oh it's so good really good why have they nailed Vegan donuts more than any other vegan dessert. Well, it's very important that uh, to recognize that sugar is vegan. It's like saying, how do they nail vegan vodka? Like, it's already... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. And these things but are the, mostly sugar. But there's a lot of bad vegan desserts. That's very true. You know? Thank you, sir. <laughs> I only give you one. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> That's all I need. So but you... I, yeah, flour and sugar. So you... Um, it was fun watching you at Largo the other night. Thanks. You're, you're so um, inventive, and I'm so impressed by the way you you host your show there because you go out just Pete, and you start the show off, and it's it's always daunting to me. Like there's no warm up, there's no nothing. You just go up, and within a second, it's like. No, the headliner is here. Was there a show before? What what's happened? Oh, it's really it sweet. really is. It it hits a, a a really professional level very quickly. Oh, that's very kind. And you have a real love affair with your fans. The, your your people adore you. Pick your fans. You must have picked good Re- fans. You must have great fans. I do have great fans, but um, I when I, I would I tour with Artie, like, mm-hmm. the Artie fans, it was almost like punk, oh Artie fans. It was almost like punk rock. Like I, I like punk rock. I know I don't look like I did, but mm-hmm. I actually still like punk rock. And I would go to the shows, and the bands, the the, the kids in the stand, in, I don't know, in the pit, mm-hmm. would spit on the band, <laughs> and that's like Artie. That's, that's like Artie. there's a lot of comedians that have like these sort of punk rock. Meaning, the more they hate you, that's like how they show you love, or they break your balls. Yeah, or, like the Norton, like in the Opie and Anthony days. Exactly. And, yeah, and I, I don't know if Artie liked it or didn't like it, but like mm-hmm. he, he got some. Not all of them, but it was funny. Whenever Artie and I would tour together, yeah, I would go out and I was like, they are not having this. Mm-hmm. And then Artie would go out, and sometimes I'm like, they're not having this either. Like, I don't know why. Oh, really? That is, that is a... I don't know why they're here. That seems like a weird mix of audience. I'm basing it on one show. This is what the human brain does. One yeah. thing happens, and you go, that's how they are. It's like, is well, it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it would, it would seem kind of accurate. Like, I w- right. That old, that old Howard Stern audience. Yeah. And, it, and your audience is... Well, look at the tweets. I would look at the tweets after the show, and they're like, great show, you fat fuck. And I'm like... <laughs> 
than they ever saying it to Artie, but I mean, yeah, and, could and, be either way. And, and it, with love. I, and I think that's how they love each other. Well, you're from Jersey. Could you, yeah. I'm going to speak in Jersey to Artie. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> um, I love going first. I also love my fans. My fans are, I'm not just saying that. They're like super sweet. Yeah. We've grown up together. I'm 42. So I'm like watching them grow up. Right. It's really cute to see some of them having kids and stuff and like hearing my kids stuff. And it's like a, what was it that when you were younger that hooked them in? Like what was the, where, where, where did you become popular? Was it Conan? I think the first, I mean, if you, every once in a while I'll go real deep and meet somebody that's like, I love your doctor videos. That was like the first thing we uploaded was we had this office in New York and we realized it looked enough like a doctor's <laughs> office that we could shoot sketches. Uh-huh. And me and Oren Brimmer and Matt McCarthy would write like 12 sketches. Uh-huh. This is sort of when YouTube was new. Yeah. It's not to say we were so innovative, but like now I'd tell this to you and you'd be like, yeah, everybody, that's where I'm going after this. <laughs> yeah. My daughter just did that on my way out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But this was at a time when it was kind of, I feel like I was late to so many things, but I was pretty much right on time to uh-huh. podcasting. It was pretty much right on time to some of the YouTube stuff. Right. So we uploaded these sketches, and, and Oren and I and Matt, too, we just shared a very similar sensibility. And then I wrote the first Batman sketch, which mm-hmm. was called Batman Vanishing, <laughs> and that was on College Humor, and, and that really... That's, I still get that. People you are do. Like, I love Batman, yeah. College Humor was... A, was it was more than just that for you, though, right? What do you mean? Oh, it wasn't college humor like you, you provided a lot of stuff there? Like it's always yeah. listed in your things. It is. It's on my IMDb. Yeah. The first thing. I, I just went on there because I was like, how do I change this fucking headshot? It's a photograph someone <laughs> took of me in their kitchen 25 years ago. I'm like, can we change this? <laughs> it's so funny. Isn't that weird? When you're haunted by a bad photo. I have one from JFL. And it was me like in a suit. And I'm kind of looking at the... I look like a magician like i i look so like a bad magician yeah and it is everywhere it it sure there's, there's a number of photos this is a very high class problem but there's a number of photos i have where i'm like get that out of here so <laughs> yeah. scary my, my premium blend my first tv appearance, uh-huh. i swear i looked like it was washed out so i'm like very pale yeah incredible like joker pale uh-huh. and my lips looked like purple and i'm just like <laughs> and i was like this is how i'm being introduced plus when i did premium blend they edited it down from seven minutes to three 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 oh my god that means they didn't like it <laughs> that's like a it. direct this do you remember one going good do you remember going well no. Oh, it didn't go well? It went okay. Yeah. But I was coming up with like Aziz. And I, so Aziz, I think, taped the night before. Uh-huh. And people were like, his set took 15 minutes. Not because he went long, because they wouldn't stop clapping. <laughs> so he got so many applause breaks, it doubled the length of his set. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, wow, it's going to be hot. But I also did that rookie thing. I was just thinking about my premium blend. Yeah. Where I changed the material like the day before I had this like, uh, panic uh, I was like oh you should do this other bit and I did and that's the bit they cut out uh, and that was like a three minute bit hadn't done it in a long time the, the it's few- so funny that early thing like that's such a reckless thing to do yeah. <laughs> as a as someone who so really knows dumb. what they're doing but when you're young you make I did the same thing and it's is it because you're fearful of the stuff that you're going in with or you think you're better than you are <laughs> i think it's a misinterpretation of a something that is true and is effective which is when you're on stage and you're doing like an hour i find it and i know you would agree i think you would agree 
if something happens, mm-hmm. something shifts the room, there's someone drops something, someone falls down, <laughs> yeah. or you think of something and you get really excited about it, it's 99% of the time very a very good idea to go with that. Yeah. Stop your stupid toaster bit and go into like what's <laughs> mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing a TV set, that's not always the best right. case. Right. Like you, you stick to the material. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I think we, it wasn't going to go that well either way. I remember the it's first, a, it was nerve wracking that first one. Oh yeah. And then if you, I did John Oliver's New York stand-up show, mm-hmm. and there was a just a, such a huge difference. Not to toot my own horn. Toot it. I'm going to toot it. Toot it. We're here to toot it. We're here to toot. We love you. Toot it. That's really sweet. <laughs> it's really sweet. Let's hear it. I did it. And I went out and I, I took the mic and I looked at the stand sort of like this, like with whimsy. Uh-huh. And they laughed. Uh-huh. I was like, you ever get that insane arrogance, but you need it to uh-huh. stand up? And I, yeah. I was just like, I'm, I'm killing and I haven't said anything yet. <laughs> this is before I'm... Anything. Yeah. Nobody knows me from anything. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world to be so bad at stand up for so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, almost like skateboarders, you know how skateboarders can't land a trick? Yeah. You skateboarders and just falling. Yeah. I think it's either that or you're Tony Hawk. I don't think right. And it's very similar with stand up. Yeah. Like, one day, you go from the guy that call, calls the audible that ruins the set. It's three minutes. You're watching it with your first wife, embarrassed. I have a terrible headshot. And the next thing you know, you're you're adjusting the mic and you just look at them in this like fearless way, mm-hmm. but still in a humble like you're not a cock. Yeah, but you're kind of doing something certain, right? Cocky, right? Cert- right? Certain. Yeah. Very different from from cocky, which is huge because that puts the, they, the they audience. Want you. They know that you're in charge now. They're they comfortable. They They're like, oh, okay, good. He knows we're in the hands. We're in good hands right now. I know a bad guy, but Cosby had that line where he said, "The pilot can't get on the PA and say I'm going to try to land the plane." <laughs> and I was like, "That's it, <laughs> right? That's the, a pilot isn't cocky when he said yeah. we're going to be on the ground in 20 minutes, right? But if he was like, guys, look, it's pretty choppy. <laughs> um, I'm going to do my best. Uh, I've done it. I've done this airport a few times, but Ooh, so- not as windy. <laughs> It's really never in this win, but <laughs> I don't know this co-pilot, and I don't know if you guys believe in like vibes, but he's got a weird vibe. Like that is not how you do show business. Yeah, no, I know. So that it's funny, isn't it? When you're young, like to do it and come back the second time, you really do have to have well, enough Conan, belief too. in yourself, like that. Oh, you're gonna, oh, the second time you do it, yeah. Like to keep, like when I think of the early days. When I was starting to get paid, you know, not big, but I was like, people were paying me to come and tell jokes. Yeah. And I'm like, who was paying that guy to come? But there was an enthusiasm. I got through with some laugh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was, I had no skill. I had nothing dialed in like we do now. You have to do it poorly. Yeah. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken direct to your door, helping family farms become financially independent outside of big agriculture. Their animals are raised in the great outdoors, and moink meat is free of antibiotics, hormones, sugar, and all the other junk that you find in pre-packaged in the meat aisle. I love this company. I got to spend some time with them. They sent me some beautiful, beautiful cuts of meat that all came directly to my house, 
all wrapped up. It's so nice. I now have a freezer full of this great, great meat, which I also feel good about because it's not factory farming. 97% of the chicken served in the U.S. are dipped in chlorine. Ugh, why? Because big food, giant factory farms have to do some pretty nasty things to get all of those millions of... It's a horrible thing. It's a, I don't even want to go into what they do. To be able to get really good meat from family farms, it just makes you feel better. It's the only way we should be eating. But it's always, it's never... It, the, the, the trick is be, making it economically viable for these small farms to be able to have a reach to so they can actually make money and, and have a business and don't get swallowed up by these giant corporations. Moink has figured it out. With Moink, you get the highest quality meat you've ever tasted while supporting real family farms. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash papa, P-A-P-A, right now, and listeners to the show will get free bacon for a year. <laughs> Come on. I got a pack of it. It's great. I mean, it looks like the kind of bacon that, like, if you were, like, on a motorcycle and you're cruising through Montana and you pulled into this, like, l- little cabin and uh, a beautiful family came out and was like, we're going to make you some breakfast. This would be the kind of bacon that they would serve you. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time. Spelled moink, M-O-I-N-K, box dot com slash papa that's moinkbox.com slash papa i know we all crave having some more control over what we eat four companies control 80 percent of the u.s meat industry and we all want and think and tell our friends we only get we want to know where our food comes from we want to know that it comes from small family farms it's more ethical it's better for you but that's tough to pull off you're busy you're running around you're living your life Moinkbox brings it right to your house. They do all of the research for you, and they bring you this beautiful product. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K, moinkbox.com, slash papa, P-A-P-A, and you will get a free supply of bacon for a year. Can't beat that. Thank you, Moink. Okay, so this is something I'm very interested in, especially as parents. Yeah. Meaning is sort of made up. <laughs> right. Like, I think one of the reasons why stand-ups are so, like, we'll get territorial about, like, music acts mm-hmm. or people who do stand-up on TikTok. And we'll uh-huh. go, well, that's, that's not real or whatever. Right, right, it's right. It's because meaning is, like, sort of forged, if I can say forged, mm-hmm. in hardship. So even though you and I don't know each other that well, we we love each other right. because we know what it's like to open for some guy who <laughs> who might kind of he's not that great, but you got to take the gig and you got to get a jacket for it and you have to drive <laughs> four hours west of where you live right. in a dining hall. Yeah, like I've performed in the shadow of Mount Rushmore for like people wearing fezes and stuff, and that and I, I kind of had a sense of this while I was doing it, but that does put meaning into mm-hmm. being a comedian mm-hmm. value yeah it's like we think about it with my my daughter i'm like would we just buy her let's say she wanted a nintendo switch would you just buy it for her because you mm-hmm. can i have 200 for 400 yeah. or whatever it is. sure uh or do you play the baloney game of like well if you just go get a job and earn it just because you're you're kind of saying like mm-hmm. life sucks and even right. though i have 400 dollars <laughs> yeah. fuck you I'm just giving it to you 
<laughs> because that's what happened to me. Right. Like you're paying forward the abuse of the world. You're just like, I wanted shit when I was your age and I couldn't fucking get it. So good fucking luck, sweet up. Sweet up. <laughs> I almost died at the end of that sentence. Um, or do you say, get a job and work for it, but here's why. Mm-hmm. I hope she can understand this. Watch me eat my words. But you say, one of the great secrets of life is that we create meaning. Mm-hmm. And if you have a Nintendo Switch that I just gave you, it really, it's one of the truest things, it really won't mean as much. Oh, 100%. As you just get a job washing windows or whatever you're going to do. Yep. I'm giving you life itself. Uh, oh, it, it's <laughs> you know so true. No, it's really. And look, I have 16 and 19. My kids. daughters are 16 and 19. It's between 16 and 19 kids. Yeah. <laughs> I, Somewhere I don't even in there. know. I don't even know. Ballparking. And yeah. Uh, well, you're right in the. So I'm seeing the result of those. Yeah. I'm seeing the results of all those moves. Did, would that, do you think that move would work? I'm very interested. They compl- it completely works. Really? It completely because works because you're honest. giving them the gift of character. You're giving them, you're telling them but showing what meaning the is. I'm showing the cards saying like, yes. I know this seems like bullshit. Because I lived off my parents' money for way too long. It's uh-huh. embarrassing. <laughs> I, I had a job, but like our groceries would go on a credit card that we didn't see the bill for. Stuff like that. Right. Real privilege. I'm, I'm familiar yeah. with my position. It's, it was a lucky position. Uh-huh. And then when I started, like you making money with comedy, and I bought, I, I, if I tried to think, I bet I could remember what I bought, but I bought something, mm-hmm. and it was mine. And I was like, fuck, mm-hmm. they were right. This matters so much more. I remember I bought a bed. We were all broke in New York, and I bought a yeah. Tempur-Pedic bed. <laughs> my friends used to come over and lay on the bed. <laughs> yeah. And like if my mom had bought that bed... I wouldn't say, hey, guys, I have a temper. I'd be, like, hiding it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, like, ashamed. And mm-hmm. maybe I should be a little ashamed. Like, why the fuck are you getting a $1,400 <laughs> bed on your mom's MasterCard? Yeah. But when I bought the bed, I have a photo of uh, all these comedians. I think Middleditch and Kumail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, laying on my bed because I was the only one that had a good bed. Yeah. It wasn't a hand-me-down oh, or a futon. Exactly. Or... <laughs> In a horrible, nightmare apartment. Yeah. The bedroom, New York cliche, yeah. but you'd open the door, it would hit the bed. <laughs> right. I didn't have to tell anyone where this bed was. Go in the bedroom. It's the room with the bed. Yeah. But the same way that that, that mattress really meant something. It's, I'm, I'm it's still the, fond of it's it. Going, it's going, creating your act, your career, building your career. It has the same thing. That's you can exactly look right. at that thing and be like, wow, I'm really proud that I did this. And you watch people who brush up against comedy in TikTok or whatever form or YouTube and and they have like millions of followers and it's a thing. It's too fast. And it's, it seems too yeah. fast, but it, I, I don't want to be the old guy that's like, that's nah, not comedy. But I can say that that's comedy. I can say good for you. You're obviously motivated to make these videos and put them up. You're funny. You want it. Great. But I think we're allowed to to respect and cherish the craft and the and the area that we did it in. By the way, cut to two really old guys watching this on their phones, and they're like, I can't believe I got it to work. <laughs> and they're like, when we were in the vaudeville circuit, you right? Know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. was always harder. So here's how we can, I think, intelligently amend our position on, like, say, a TikTok celebrity. Mm-hmm. That is valid. I always go to Bo. Bo started on right. YouTube. Right. And then it's 
forged mm-hmm. more and more. Like it, right. the forging is the keep doing it. Right. If right, you right. get it yeah. and you flare up point. real fast and there's a lot of like Gen Z celebrities that I see this happening mm-hmm. to where it happens a little too fast. It's the same thing with people that win the lottery. Yeah. They're very disillusioned. They're children of very wealthy parents. Right. Can be like, well, what the fuck? You don't want to play this game with a cheat code. Mm-hmm. And you kind of realize that you were born into a cheat code. Right. Or this fame was given to you like too quick. Right. Obviously, at the end of the day, a- it's not really about this capitalistic like scoring of money. But it, that's the thing. A big part of this culture feels that way. Yeah. So that can lead to despondency. And right. For sure. Oh, 100%. So, but I mean, don't you feel at this point like you know what you're doing with stand up? You've made shows, you create things. Like, isn't, doesn't that give you a nice, like, you have a nice, like, okay. big house, base to your home. I thought you were like, <laughs> you got a big house. <laughs> no, like, you've got a real solid yeah. thing that the, you can be proud of. For as much as I like to talk about molecules, this is what I'm talking about, the different altitudes we can fly at. Yeah. And they're all great altitudes. Yeah. And an altitude that I don't fly at enough. Mm-hmm is the psychological altitude, mm-hmm. like literally just doing practical therapy uh, and research reading good yeah. books about from smart, happy people, balanced people. Mm-hmm. And also just going like, fuck, sometimes having a very difficult goal <laughs> and seeing it through, yeah. regardless of you know whether or not you're going to ring the big bell or, or, or make a living or whatever it might be, everything in between mm-hmm. and below, it does feel really good. And one of the reasons I, I'm able, so this is sort of a paradox, to spend all this time thinking about flocks of bees, flocks, swarms yeah. of bees, uh-huh. uh, is because of all this very practical, earthy work of getting, I think, I believe that I'm good at stand-up because mm-hmm. if I was watching me, I, I say it on stage almost every time. I'm like, if I was watching, <laughs> I'd be losing my damn mind. Like, I, I would love this guy. Um, and that's very practical. Yeah. And then that afforded me later time to read the, the Tao Te Ching or whatever. Like, right. So what are you saying? That Oh, I, I'm agreeing with you that, like, that it feels it really feels... good to have a base and, and to go... It, it, but it you don't enter off. that space where you, you allow yourself to realize that? Is that no, what I don't talk about it enough. Oh. I'm, I'm so often flying off into woo mm-hmm. land, which is my, kind of my favorite place to fly off to. Right. It's sometimes you almost have to listen to the earlier years of my podcast if you want to hear about like my therapist, Dr. Gary Penn, who, who taught me like it's okay to right. love yourself and it's okay to this and that. Mm-hmm. And then just like practical like i went through a huge tony robbins phase and i just right. started like hiking every morning <laughs> doing sort of like embarrassing affirmations and stuff right and that made like a, a fundamental difference i think mm-hmm. while my brain was still kind of forming yeah and that helped me stick with something that's very difficult do you have anything from that time the that yes. you Whatever that, <laughs> that you that you'll I have this little, um, this little book, like this thing is the wisdom of man or something. And it's in the, my end table. And there are times in my life where I've taken that out and read it. And it's very, it's really small, but it's very inspiring. It, a lot of biblical quotes in it. And it's really about mostly the book of numbers, thinking, yeah, thinking positively and, and stuff. And it's funny because it's still in the end table yeah. and in moments of, 
weakness or just searching, I'll pull it back out and be like, oh, hello, old friend. I remember yeah. you. Yeah. And I remember really needing you at, at certain times. Like, do you have those? Oh, yeah. You revisit those things? I'm very fortunate in that I found like the five or six teachers or books mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and they just rotate through. Right, right. Like, I'm a big Ramdas person. I haven't listened to Ramdas in like a year, mm-hmm. maybe not a year, but six months. And I put them on this morning. Right. Because it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It's like, I remember liking this. Right. And when I was shooting the second season of, of Crashing, speaking of like shooting up, yeah. like shooting up in fame or getting the show with Jet Apple yeah. and stuff. I got really, really, really depressed. Like the worst I've ever been in my life. At what point? During the shooting. Of the... Of the second season. Second season. Worst timing ever. Really? And I've told this story before, forgive me, but I'm telling it to you now. Yeah. I'm in a golf cart with Bill Burr, Uh and he literally says to me like, Look at you. Look at you. Got your own show, Judd Apatow, HBO. If you're not, fu- if you're not happy, nothing's going to make you fucking happy. And I was like, <laughs> and I was pretending. And I was like, oh, Bill. But for some reason, like chemically, I was mm-hmm. off. Not circumstantially. Yeah. But it was because I had lost my North Star. Like, I had forgotten uh, how to, like, tap into the phenomenon that's looking out our eyes right now. Right. Which you can call God or you can call awareness or you can just call something that exists that's outside of the bullshit. Outside yeah. of the bullshit of the system. Yeah. Which is like, oh, Tom's on a show. I'll be nicer to Tom. You right. know the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom has a nice watch. I'm not putting you down. I'm just saying, right. I'll be respectful to Tom. That's what the muck that we're stuck in and we're all spirituality is such a bad rap and I get it believe me I get it I was part of that and I hated it but it's saying there's something else going on something and you lost it when you were shooting it because you're just in that flood of working and all the all the stuff that's coming at you I stopped reading I stopped meditating I stopped practice of any sort and I just was like you won Pete go be on a show And, and then when you go and I, I was still grateful. I wasn't like a, a cranky, you know, yeah. turd. But inside, I was like, I know there's there's more to this right. existence. Right. And it, it made me really sad. It's but then difficult, I, though. It's difficult in those moments when all of a sudden you get through, you're in projects and you're doing things and the the number of details, the, the stuff that's coming at you in the material world a lot. is a lot. What are you going to read a book when you're Yeah, now yeah. I'm just going to kind of like hang out and go back to that. Thank you. That's compassionate. And it's also a little bit of heartbreak. This is in the movie Soul, the Pixar movie. He, does, he plays that gig that he always dreamed of, and afterwards he's sort of yep. melancholy. Mm-hmm. That's, it's the great Jim Carrey quote. He goes, I wish everybody could have their dreams come true so they could see that it's not the answer. Right. And that really is a type of grace. You, yeah. You, you, and by the way, when I heard that quote when I was a young man, I was like, well, I'd like to see for myself. Yeah. Well, it turns out I did get to see for myself. Right. And if you're watching and you're like, well, I'd like to see him, go for it. Like, yeah. Go for it. And just know when you get there and there's good and bad. Yeah. That you're not alone in seeing the bad and going like, fuck, no matter where yeah. I go, there I am. So what's the North Star now? What is the thing that you are like, I'm going to head towards that now? Well, you know, the Tony Robbins thing, which is more practical, which is what got us in this uh, area, had a lot to do with like starting the day. This is so men in their 40s kind of stuff. (laughs) But like starting your day with like a hike 
like claiming some uh-huh. time for yourself, right? Getting the blood flow, <laughs> yeah. like real Tim Ferriss stuff. I yeah. love Tim Ferriss too. Like take yeah. a cold shower and like shock your system, <laughs> right? And I would do these like <laughs> affirmations that I swear your brain is so susceptible to oh, influence, yeah. I know. which is why advertising works. I know. You know like we think it's not, uh-huh. but it's, they do these studies. It totally like, works. <laughs> my friend, Mike McCarty wrote this book called, uh, you're a miracle and also a pain in the ass. It's a great book. And he talks about this study. You're going to love this. I'm savoring the moment before <laughs> I told you. The study is they have people come in and, and they have to rearrange blocks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the blocks have words on them. They're like writing magnetic poetry basically. Uh, and you'd think the study, I love these twists. They're like punchlines. Yeah. It's like science punchlines. You think the study is like, what poems do they make based on their income or something? Right. <laughs> but it's not. It's how fast do they walk out of the experiment based on the words we give them? Did you hear what I said? This is fucking nuts. So if I give you words like elderly, uh-huh. lethargic, yeah. you know, slow, uh-huh. you'll walk out. 42% slower than the same guy, same demographic. Really? They got words like limber, quick, speedy. He's going to leave what you're fed. 42% faster than you left mm-hmm. just because you read those words. So don't tell me <laughs> that we are not jokes, we're miracles, and we're jokes. Yeah. So you're embarrassed that going on a walk and saying, <laughs> all the love I need is in me now. Right. And you're embarrassed that that works. Well, yeah, be fucking embarrassed. Also, biopics <sighs> are embarrassing because it's Elton John going like, small, small barber, no, tiny dancer, <laughs> tiny dancer. And it's so cringy. It's cringy because that's what he did. Right. That's what songwriting is. It's embarrassing and stupid. <laughs> And so are you. Yeah. So just take advantage of it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, you're just tapped into a thing that I've always had in my mind, and it is because of embarrassment. I know, like, when I would leave a magazine in the bathroom or in, on the corner of my desk, and it was negative headline of, like, the insurrection or whatever, and yeah. you just, and just some kind of, just a couple words in the, in the thing. It. And I'd pass it, and it was like, it would make me feel sick. And Forget I was like, it. what, why don't I do the affirmation thing and write something that I would want to, that, that would be helpful and just put that on the mirror, yeah. put that on the counter. Like you really should have these things around well, that's why to I, soak up your soul. That's why I wanted to start by, even if people just watch the first five minutes, at least I got to say like, you belong, you are not a visitor here. As right. Alan Watt <laughs> says, you're not a visitor here. Yeah. You didn't come into this world. You came out of this world. Like you were grown into this world, like a, like fruit on a tree. Mm-hmm. An apple doesn't go like, I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. Just came out of this fucking tree. But that's how you feel about your mom. You're just like, this lady had sex and now I'm here. And what the fuck am I doing? And how do I yeah. make money? Like you're, you're, the, that's an mm-hmm. affirmation. I actually don't really like when people are just like, you're good. You're okay. I believe all that. Yeah. But I, I'm not there yet. I need, I have, uh, I need to say it to myself. Or totally. I need some like facts. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I think a little self-doubt is, is healthy. I, my screensaver, I did it on my screensaver on my MacBook. It says, and it was kind of a joke, but then I left it because it's kind of like nice to see it. It just, because I was like, oh, you can put your words on there as your yeah, screensaver. Yeah. And mine says, you're delightful. <laughs> and and like, you know what? You seem like a guy who sees you're delightful. Like why? I think about this all the time. It's like, 
the key, one of the keys to life is to find uh, our flaws. And, and if you want to, you don't have to. You can be macabre, mm-hmm. write dark poetry in a castle. <laughs> uh, we need you too. Yeah. But if you're interested in kind of putting some pep in your step, <laughs> find the flaws and turn them into like superpowers. Mm-hmm. And this is every superhero. Your parents die. You're bit by a spider. You know, all these bad right. things happen. Like, yeah. For me, my house wasn't always quiet. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So you find your wound and uh-huh. then you find a way to resurrect it, not resuscitate it change it positively Uh change it so your brain is stupid that's a flaw like it's hard this is where racism comes from Uh like you see two uh, Korean people chewing gum and your brain will go Korean people chew gum right I did it earlier I I made a generalization about Artie's fans it's one of the limits of our brain it's Uh what it likes to do it's a pattern recognizing machine but also so it's dumb let's use the dumbness for our advantage you could see the the bad magazine or the magazine with the negative thing yeah or you could see you are delightful that's mm-hmm. like a way of using it so i'm kind of like an addict mm-hmm. kind of like an addict I, it's one of the reasons i stopped drinking is I, i'm just in a i like to put it this way i'm abundant uh-huh. if there's good stuff let's do it <laughs> right let's do right. a lot of it yeah let's yeah. eat all these donuts right like, i'm gonna give you the rest of these donuts because they can't come home with me <laughs> they that's, have to that's the kind, <laughs> yeah. i know you don't want to but i'll give them to aaron we'll give them to aaron yeah. <laughs> but like okay so i'm an addict let's see if i can addict myself to some good stuff mm-hmm. can you get addicted to exercise can right. you get addicted to stand up or working yeah. or writing and i don't mean there's a limit to that. You can go too far sure. with either of those. So is there is there a uh, is there a career thing North Star wise that for me? Yeah, like uh, besides the taking the hikes and be, being for yourself. Yeah, you know, because once you get, uh, I've had this where you you get you you went through crashing and you had this real success and stuff, and then you kind of kind of have to rebuild what you're going to go after next. Yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, that's sort of. I, my, somebody, my friend Yoni, who was a writer on Crashing, he said, he's like, your, your career is like WandaVision. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you've had a talk show, you've, you know, stand up, and then you had an HBO show. And I don't know if you know this, I'm doing a CBS show, which is oh, starting no. in the fall. Oh, nice. A sitcom? Is, yeah, it's a sitcom. Ah. And that's what he means. He's like, and now you're going to do a multicam sitcom, like oh, a real... Oh, that's great. Like, all-American. I, I mean all-American, like baseball's all-American. Right. You know? You're going to yeah. do, like, like, specifically an American art form, the multicam Yeah, sitcom. on CBS, that's so perfect. And it's on CBS. Oh, my God. Dude, the first thing, one of the first things I thought was Nick Kroll 20 years ago. Uh-huh. We're at, in Rafifi, which was a club in New York. Yeah. And he's sm- he smoked at the time. Everybody smoked at the time. <laughs> he's smoking. And uh, and he was telling me that he went out for some CBS sitcom. And this is when I, again, I was like an open micer who used to like visit these shows and yeah. just hang out. Uh-huh. And he kind of knew me um, a little bit. And he, he was like, I didn't get it. I was like, that's too bad. And he said to me, he goes, you look more CBS sitcom than anybody here. And he meant it as a burn. Like you look like kind of like a toothpaste commercial, kind of like a little right. boy. And, but I remembered that he said that and it really meant a lot. Yeah. You know, like even though he was sort of teasing me, I yeah. guess. No, you like to hear that. And like, then when I booked it, it, well, your friends help you see yourself. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And when I booked it, Val, well, the offer came in and I, I was like, what a privileged sentence that is. But yeah. They, they offered Mark Gross, the writer, um, incredible writer wrote it with me in mind. So they asked, and I asked my Val. I was like, "What do you think? Is this a is this cool?" Yeah, I mean, it felt cool to me, but yeah. I wasn't sure. And she was like, 
Pete, uh, you're like a CBS sitcom got struck by lightning and became a person. Like you need, <laughs> you need to do this. So like partners can do it's this. It's great. Mulaney did that for uh-huh. me sort of famously. We were checking into a hotel. We were on the road together and uh, the person behind the desk, this joke doesn't age fantastic, but I'm going to uh-huh. say it. He, she <laughs> goes, okay, one of the rooms we have is a non-smoking queen. And I went, that's me. <laughs> right. Like a queen. <laughs> yeah. Like a drag queen, I guess. <laughs> and it's so unfunny. And he, and Mulaney looks at me and he goes, you're like a fun dad. You know that? <laughs> He's like, you, and that became the line that got me Montreal. I swear, right. as soon as I said on stage, I don't have any kids, but it sort of feels like I do. <laughs> right, right. They were like, oh, he gets himself. Yeah. And that seems right, to be right. what they want. It's, uh, That's great. Do you Seinfeld. play a dad? Do you play a dad I in do that? play a dad. You do? When Seinfeld goes, I'm not gay, but I am thin, clean, and neat. You're right. like, how do you know yourself so well? When right. Lena Dunham is like, I'm a self-obsessed uh, 20-year-old. Uh, right, it's right. Like, but you are 20. <laughs> right. How are you making fun of what you are in real time? That's our job. Yeah. It's so fun. Do you have doubts of about that? Like, about which part? Who you are? Like I, like knowing myself? Yeah. I think I go through pockets. I have a, a, a folder in my phone uh-huh. called, uh, like, I forget what the title is, but it's like, when you forget yourself. And uh-huh. I literally write down, here's what you like. Because sometimes I forget. Do you ever forget? A hundred percent. I go, I don't know what the fuck I like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I like. Sometimes I said to Val recently, like a, like a Beckett play, <laughs> I go, I'm a mystery to myself. And she was like, <laughs> it was raining yeah. on me. Yeah. But like, I think you can lose touch with what really juices you. Yeah. And you know what I wrote down? Winning people over is like one of my greatest passions. Right. I love yeah. like a bad crowd oh. and, and making them... Turn. I, I once went out and golfed with my uncle. Yeah. I don't really golf that much anymore, but I went through a phase where I was golfing a lot <laughs> with him. <laughs> and we got put with two strangers. Yeah. And I that same thing that you have, like I've got to win them over. And it cra- it cracked my uncle up that for eighteen holes I was just this guy was not cracking, yeah. did not like me, yeah. didn't like either of us, and I just kept trying everything and he's like he wouldn't quit he yeah. wouldn't he's trying to win over this asshole the guy's an asshole Did and tommy you? wouldn't stop <laughs> but that when you find the thing that you can do regardless of your caffeine intake or your sleep like yeah. you just come to life and i realize that when i think someone's upset with me or they misunderstood me yeah buckle up for a show the the the, the funniest most colorful Pete is going to call you and just explain that you misunderstood <laughs> right. at that party. And when, and when I close, uh, and you go, okay. I'm like, he's got elated. Me. <laughs> right. I walk home, my feet don't touch the ground. So I could be embarrassed yeah. by that or yeah. I could just own it and go, right. I think that's kind of what stand-up is. Yeah, yeah. It's also like, it's my psychology. Again, my parents... I, 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 my joke about my parents is they say, are they still together? And I go, yeah, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Like, it's, it's, it's a joke. I love them. And, and, and I think, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't summarize them. Yeah, But too trying big. to get that group, my mm-hmm. brother, my mom, and my dad, to yeah. like, have a good time. It's like I had a show every night right. at 6.30. And it was a terrible show. <laughs> I hated it. I mean, it's like there will be blood. He's like, he wanted that house when he was a kid. Yeah. And then he's like, well, you should buy it now, Daniel. And he goes, I think if I saw that house now, I'd be sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I get you, plain view. If I saw, give me the blood, blood. I totally, 
the thing that drove me initially is, yeah. is also my worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it really is so funny, isn't right? it? Yeah, you just had to like win these people over and just yeah. like it's a weird thing because that you don't you don't lose that thing. Well, it's Jordan, but it's not Michael everybody Jordan pretending but... that somebody started a beef with him. He wants to like. I related. I don't relate to much of Michael Jordan other than we're the same height. Isn't yeah. it weird? I can barely touch the rim, <laughs> but like he would pretend someone insulted him mm-hmm. to motivate him to do the game. And like, right. we're sort of similar. Like right. the guy you're golfing with doesn't right. seem to like you. Yeah. And you're like, I'm Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to take this home. I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to elbow you in the paint. <laughs> like you're going to fall down and I'm going to help you up. And it's sportsmanship. <laughs> you know what I mean? A hundred percent. Who uh, who fed you? I like to ask a food question on this. Sure. Um, who was the primary person who fed you when you were a child? Yeah, it was definitely my mom. I'm sure you get that a lot. Is she a good cook? I think so, yeah. Yeah? I mean, um, yes. I remember, let's put it this way, there were certain friends I'd go over their house and uh-huh. I'd be like, oh, my mom's a really good cook. Uh-huh. I don't mean when I was little. I mean like I'm 17, 18, and I'm like, you just put a cut of ham between two pieces of white bread? <laughs> Like, this is your meal? <laughs> right. I don't understand what's going on. What's happening here? Is this a union thing? <laughs> um, and my mom was, you know, she knew what ginger was. She's right. Chinese food. Right, she, right. She makes an Italian, uh, sorry, a Lithuanian, but it's more Russian apple pie oh, that would blow you. So really? that's, a, that's that's what I was actually thinking of. It's not vegan. Uh-huh. But I eat it. Yeah. She also makes roast chicken. I, I just eat it. It's like that's so. You're, you're my mom. That's the thing. I, I'm gonna I, eat the chicken. Yeah. I'm gonna regret it. Like in my yeah, body. Right. Right. But I'm gonna eat that. But this chicken. will be an expression of love. And um, it's just like there's a moment. I'm vegan-ish. I don't. I, I'm not a good vegan. Um, yeah. But I for my primarily for my health and then also for the planet and all those other things that are great about eating plants. Mm-hmm. I you know what was I saying? Oh, eating the. Eating the pie for your mom. Wow, I don't know how I lost the train of my thought, but I lost the train of thought. You were talking about um, oh, the, your chicken, your vegan ish, eating the stuff that you. It, it's an expression of love that you. Uh, oh yeah, any any vegan at some point. Yeah, is if faced. you're like me, has to go. It's already dead. Right. You know what I mean. We can't save this one. It's gone. <laughs> right. So you can you can sort of I, whisper to it like this is for you, baby. I would always say the same thing to my to my wife about dogs and I didn't mean it really, but I was like, I know we shouldn't get him from a shelter, but he's adorable and he's already here. He's breathing. That's so <laughs> funny. Well, there's a lot of ways around a lot of things by doing it's what's happening. All right. Hey. But it's true. It is already uh dead. There's some there's such a thing as a freegan. Have you ever heard of a freegan? No. A freegan will eat meat, but only if they didn't pay for it because they're not contributing to the <laughs> financing. So if they're at a barbecue and it's already dead, they'll eat it. That's like the guy who quits smoking but bums him. Yeah. You mean any guy who quits smoking? Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could plug just because I like getting this stuff out there. Yeah. I had no idea. Congratulations, by the way. Oh, yeah. I had no idea there was a CBS I'm really sitcom. Excited. This is so great. I did the pilot. That, is, that has been... You know, especially you our generation of comedians, like it. to be in that thing. It's, oh, I know it seems like archaic to some people, totally, but it's not still us. such a sweet thing. I mean, well, you'll you'll appreciate this then, and I'm not just towing the company line and yeah. trying to sound grateful. This is genuine. I was doing it like walking 
And it's on Radford, which is where Seinfeld oh, it's was. So great. It's, where Roseanne, it's on the same stage as where Roseanne was and all these things. Yeah. And I'm just like, something in my psyche was like, this is show business. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh my <laughs> God. Like, Don't we, you can't be, you can't become cynical about that. No. Walking on a lot, doing a thing. I mean, you have a parking spot. I had I a little know. dressing room and then you the walk best. from like a fake like this. Sorry yeah. to blow everyone's mind, but this is a little set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you walk from this over there and that's a different set. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're doing crashing, so you're actually at the comedy set. Right. Right. And it's really fun. Don't sure. get me wrong. But there's something like 12 year old Pete, Yes. One of the reasons why I think I'm happy is I'm always <laughs> trying to think like, what is my child self? Mm-hmm. What would blow his little hair off? <laughs> right. Yeah. I was going to say his dick. Yeah. Off, but, <laughs> but, um, and it's, it's, you know, shows like Cheers and Seinfeld, obviously, and everybody loves Raymond and like Mark Gross and the other producers, really great producers. They're all kind of, on the same page. Yeah. They're all sort of like, look, we don't love every multicam. They want to make a good one. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds fucking great. And when They're Val so and I read when the they script, work. we laughed on every page. That's and the And there was no moment it. where we were like, you know, yeah, like yeah, some yeah. joke that just was right, like, right. I don't know what we're saying here, but it feels <laughs> sort of ugly. Right. None of that. Really, really good uh, stuff. What's the working title? Or the title? What? Smallwood. Smallwood. Because I play Tom Smallwood, who is a real bowler. But I want to stress this because people have already given me grief from some of the photos I took that I'm not doing it like him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to do it. Like <laughs> yeah, stop I'm it. I'm just barely <laughs> keeping it together. I'm from New England where we do candle pin bowling. So I'm doing my best with the big ball. That's so and funny. They're like, Smalley doesn't wear a brace. I'm like, I'm not Smalley. I'm, I'm a soft comedian. Isn't boy. it funny when you make something and like you're thinking about all this stuff and then someone critiques something that you had no intention yeah. of even tackling. I wasn't yeah, even in your right. head. It <laughs> didn't occur to me because he has a really, I've seen him bowl and he has a really unique yeah. throw. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that. And then the producers were like, it's just his story is the launch pad for right. the whole thing. We're not, I'm not, like I'm watching H- Halston uh, yeah, yeah. with Ewan McGregor. Yeah. That dude is becoming that guy. Right, uh, right. I'm, I'm going to mostly be me. Right, good. <laughs> bowling, because that's what I do. All right, but I'm sorry. I interrupt, I interrupted, uh, you had something else you wanted to Oh, I was going to just plug some of the books that I love, but we can do that at any point. Oh, yeah? You would be great. Where's the Papa, did they ever, did you have a Papa pilot? I um, yeah. You I must have had a couple pilots. I had a like I had one that got to the air. Oh okay. And then I had um, a couple pilots after that. What was the one that and got to the air? Now I have one called? that's uh, come to Papa. Come to Papa. Yeah. It's right there. It was right there. You're one of those guys. It was one of those things. I, I'm I'm in a really good mood, but I'm like I could write a really great Tom Papa pilot. You could. I think I could. What would I be? So, I think I, you're a principal. You're definitely a school <laughs> principal. Um, <laughs> I think the twist is that you're divorced, but you still live with your wife. Because <laughs> he's, he's put upon me because he's nice. You guys really love each other. You just realized it wasn't working romantically. So it's one of these shows where you're going to like watch each other date and you right. like dish at the end of the night. That's what I want to see. Yeah, you, you being really honest with your wife. I actually don't think that's true. I think we would just do it exactly like what you're doing. Right. Except you got to change it from comedy, I think. What do you mean? Do what you're doing. I don't want. You're not a comedian. Oh, not you a comedian. Can't yeah. Be a comedian. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. That's that's the hurdle these days. The one I have uh, at one of the studios now is uh, is he's a a baker. He's an Italian baker, and he and Wait his and his family's all leaving. 
and he's trying to keep them all in. Okay. And uh, wait, you're Italian in it. I'm Italian in it. That's why you're learning Italian. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I yeah maybe. I so you're going to play an Italian guy? This is going to be like... I don't know. It's just... They just have the script at this point. It's great. Yeah. It's like, you know, the first steps of development. But I mean, yeah, you're always like searching for those things. And I think that what's great about this happening for you is that there's so many things we can do. You have a great podcast. You stand up. You do all these activities and stuff. And I, I know there's, there's people have been in a, a while who are like... Ah, that's old. Go for a sitcom. Go for the show. It's like, well, why not do it too? Why not do that also? Because yeah. once in a while, it's going to line up, yeah. and you're going to get to do it. Yeah. Who cares? That's just rejection. You're like, I understand development's hard. Yeah. It's a long thing. It's a lot of heartbreak. It could happen. Yeah. But go do it. Put yeah. Throw yourself out there. I completely agree. I really like uh, making TV, and I don't feel weird about that i don't know oh my why God. you would why would you i always like the term comedian more than comic if someone calls mm-hmm. me a comic I, I won't correct them because i'm like oh thanks for including me right but i've never like those are the real pirates you know how comedians uh-huh. are sort of like pirates like the like solely comedians. yes yeah and they love it yeah it's all they'll do and again i'm not bringing him up because you know him but like Seinfeld, ellen ray mm. the guys that just didn't seem the people that just didn't seem like natural night owls mm-hmm. like so many comedians right. like kinnison or whatever yeah just like this guy would have been out anyway right <laughs> you know right, what i mean exactly. like i loved the comedians that were like put out that it was 10 30 <laughs> i know and i am that comedian. <laughs> me too there's I, nothing sweeter than an 8 15 spot buddy can i you want to know what i do with my celebrity yeah i send gifts of myself i think that's hilarious <laughs> and i ask to go on early so i can get home and, and hang out with my wife and, and that's I know. that's not because i've realized yes. that like i have a show tonight mm-hmm. and i have a feeling i'm going to close and i just don't feel great about that because you juice the beast up uh-huh. and it's 10 o'clock yeah it's like your bed i'm, I'm right. sort of fucked <laughs> i know and i really like that's why uh, one of the reasons at my largo show i go first i can start right. coming down right that doesn't mean uh drinking or drugs or anything i just like right, let right. my body start to reacclimate so i can yeah. kind of get to bed around 11 or 12 smart uh but I also go up first because I love first crack. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't stand watching someone ruin the first crack. <laughs> it's ruin the, the first. You just ruined the first crack. Even if it's just the DJ <laughs> introducing the MC, like you just ruined oh, it. Like, the there's only one first crack. Yeah. There's only one yeah. sort of wedding night moment <laughs> of like when's the first kiss and yeah. i want the first kiss right <laughs> i know that sounds kind of gross but i'm just saying like i that like yeah. you get to play with the tension right of like, the show is starting right this is the thing yeah this is the opening scene of the movie <laughs> this is how the movie opens <laughs> I want to be in that scene. Uh, I don't want to be in the movie 45 yeah. minutes in. Like, I show up. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's. It shows why, because you do a great job of it. And a lot of people can't do it. A lot of people. That's what they do in Great Britain, too. Oh, yeah? The, the headliner goes first. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. I stopped you complimenting me. I, I didn't mean to. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> I just really, I, I have host energy. And I yeah, never me too. knew that about myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I hosted for years. That's a great. Yeah. There is, as you said that, I was like, there is a trap. You can get sure. folded into the 
the house MC trap. But like, if you could host, I mean, they had a tour, Best Week Ever Live, which is when Mulaney said, you're like a fun dad. Uh And because I could host, I did maybe 25 of them as uh-huh. opposed to everyone else who probably did like eight of them. So right. it's like, because we need a host. Yeah, and I there's know. there's only a couple of them that want to or are good at yeah. saying, are you guys ready to get going? Yeah, it's not going to make the, the room weird by coming up with your stuff. And, like, it's, and then clubs would like host <laughs> me too. It's like, I'm, that's what, Marin's always saying that to me. Like, what? He, that's like, you know, Marin, he's always like, giving you digs on on your way up or, or off or in yeah. the green room and yeah. stuff and uh i like said a whole thing at the store and good night good night everybody and and mark Marin, bring him on you know and and he's coming out i'm just waiting like this and he's like what are we entertaining <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i do i entertain <laughs> being an entertainer isn't a bad thing it's that's a great like saying thing. You have host energy yeah yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure Marin would say the same thing. That just sounds like anxiety. It's like so perfect. Anybody can say anything backstage because we're all freaking out. It was so funny. <laughs> he literally he texted me the next day. I love him to death, and he does this repeatedly. And for some reason, he follows me everywhere. Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, if, if I have a show tonight, Mark will be going on after me. Like it, it just and it, it He's couldn't one of those be, people. It couldn't be uh, like it's like you're in the same grocery store and you keep turning down <laughs> yeah, the same totally. aisle, but on opposite ends. Yeah, and he always is the same. It was just hilarious and and cutting and but then that last time he was like texting me at seven in the morning like, was I extra shitty last night? That's really funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no, you were great. I went like everybody's the, doing the best they can. The and best when they, they go, can. what are we entertaining? It's because you know that helped. <laughs> yeah, it's helping him. Helping him get up to the mic now. Yes. And like I don't have to do that, do I? Most people I can be myself. Exactly. It's just <laughs> I, I don't know how Mark feels about me anymore. But for a very long time, he we played up that we that he hated me. <laughs> it was never that we hated each other; it's that he hated me. <laughs> right. And like the weirdest thing is like. People who are like me mm-hmm. aren't my cup of tea either. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm not even saying that to try and win him over and be like, I get it. Let's yeah. be friends. There <laughs> right. was a time I probably would have said that. Uh-huh. But when there's like just this like hammy, I'm like 11 feet tall. I'm so loud. <laughs> spit flying from my, can I run a bit by you? Like, <laughs> get out of here. Like, if I'm not in that mood. <laughs> right, right. I'm seldom in that mood. Yeah. Like, I don't need another me. <laughs> People that remind me of me often bother me. And really? People who reflect back to me my woo-woo beliefs often bother me. Oh. If someone else is like, it's all just molecules, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> I need it. You, why? You need to, to be I, your thing? I could, no, I, I, that, that could be it. Uh-huh. That certainly could be it. Um, usually if I bring it up, it's because I have some sort of connection to it. And that's when I feel like talking about it. Right. And if I don't feel like talking about it and someone starts telling me, like I just lost a part or something uh-huh. so we're just atoms it's like shut up <laughs> yeah, let me be <laughs> leave me be and i'm all for that by the yeah. way yeah this isn't a mistake yeah like if you're heartbroken be heartbroken if you're mad be oh mad. Hun- yeah no drunk right now be drunk it's okay yeah i don't think the goal is to live in this blissful acknowledgement of that rhythm that yeah. undercurrent if you dip in and get a couple minutes of that a day, yeah, you've done a lot. You're, you're way, if you can, I'll do you one better, not better. If you can put your phone away for one day a week, 
You're basically Jesus Christ. <laughs> Absolutely. If you you're can Gandhi. spend one day, <laughs> yeah. you're Buddha. Yeah. Really. Oh, my God. And it makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I've been trying. I haven't been doing it for a long time because of the quarantine. Mm. But it used to be on Saturday or Sunday. I'd mix it up. Just put the phone away. And you'd think like, well, I'm not going to get anything done. Now I'm back to the, the 90s. There's mm. like envelopes uh-huh. in my house where I wrote something really good down on it. Yeah. Like because you're giving your brain that right, reason. Right, right. Like the, the idea of a Sabbath, neither of us are, are right. Jewish, but like the Sabbath is, is genius. Right. It's straight genius. Yeah. And there's a theory that that's why there's so many Jewish doctors. I know that sounds sort of like oh, yeah. racist, but there's so many Jewish intellectuals right, and brilliant yeah. In so many different fields. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, like, genetically speaking, this is a tribe that's been observing one day of rest. <laughs> like, wow. I think you might be. Uh, this is not my theory. Please yeah. don't comment to me. I could totally see that. When I grew up in northern New Jersey, we had the blue laws, and you couldn't, everything was closed on Sunday. Love it. No stores, no, you just couldn't do anything. Yeah. So you just had to, we'd go to church, and then... That's it. That's it. There's nothing, you you couldn't go do whatever. I said in Israel, Friday at sundown, boom, the whole thing goes dark. And you're like, it's like a forced Sabbath. (laughs) It's so great. And you're like, I kind of love that. Yeah, it's amazing. I love quiet so much. Thank you for doing this. We didn't eat the bread. Well, you were taking that home. Oh. That's for you and Val. throw it at a bird. Yeah. How great, (laughs) by the way, your relationship with throw it at a bird. Yeah. How great is, uh, is Val, though? Val, legit is yeah. the queen. She really is. I'm glad is. that you, you see it. You want yeah, some more? Yeah, sure. Thank you. I'm glad that you see it because people like Flanny see it. Yeah. There's a lot of people that see it. And then every once in a while, someone doesn't see it. Uh-huh. It's like my little sociopath test. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh. You just walked by the sun to uh-huh. talk to the yellow one on a stoplight. Uh-huh. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. Wrong choice. Oh, she, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. She seems like the kind of person... I've met before, like that I've been friends. She's like, some people like have that. It's almost like sometimes you hear a song and you're like, this is brand new, but it feels familiar. It's like a thing. There's something to it. Related to Brown Eyed Girl or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally. She has that. And that is one of the hugest things is not settling and waiting mm-hmm. but when i when even when val and i got married we didn't know how good it was because mm-hmm. you can't really know it just kept getting better yeah I mean, there's always going to be like a like a stepping into the unknown sure of a relationship yeah yeah like i remember when we moved in together there was still a part of me being like are we we're doing this because right. i'm divorced and a little yeah. shell-shocked from that so no matter how great they are, there, there might be some sort of like your brain going like easy partner. Yeah. <laughs> but like it's only gotten better and better. And she's so funny and, and yeah. so wise. And on Friday, she does the Friday episode. So on Wednesday, we have guests. Uh-huh. Like today, Busy Phillips came out. Nice. But then on Friday, it's always just me and Val. Oh, that's nice. And that's like... That's great. That's all you really need to know about a relationship. Yeah. Every Friday, we talk for two hours without planning. And right. And we laugh. Right. And we learn from each other. And it's like our little date. That's and Most of the time, great. we're with our baby. And now we get to just, just talk like this. That's really great. That's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. So she's great. I and we're doing a live you, uh, you Made It Weird August 19th. So this month oh, okay. at uh, Largo. Ah, nice. Largo-LA. <laughs> Very cool. All right, so you're going to take the bread home. Yes. Oh, and here's some olive oil for you from wow. the Italian place. Wow. Uh, so you take that home. I really home. appreciate it. I can't believe we ate donuts. I have that flush 
You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, like our eating a half a donut is like yes. doing shots of whiskey. We just did something very intense. Look at this. Take home a couple to her, though, and we'll give the rest to Aaron. No one knows what first cold pressed means. It's, it's like the Suez nope. Canal. No one knows what the Suez Canal And I don't know, honestly, if it should be unfiltered or not. I don't know. Is that good? Yeah, well, it's like you'll find out. Up, uh, boss, there's a whole batch that was, wasn't filtered. Just put it on the bottle. Just make it like a good thing. Yeah. Do you feel like we know each other more? I feel great. But Good. I've always felt this this closeness uh, with you. So I'm glad we got to do it, though. Yeah, 100%. All right, cool. Yeah. We got it, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Pete Holmes. I told you that was going to be a good one. Oh, man, oh, man. What a great guy. Uh, truth be told, he couldn't take all the donuts home with him, but that's okay because uh, Aaron has never turned down any of the leftover food on this show. So uh, thank you to Pete Holmes. You're the best. Make sure you go check out his podcast. Uh, you Made It Weird. And look for Smallwood on CBS. It's very exciting. I, I'm very happy for him. And also uh, check out all of his live dates. He's always at Largo here in, uh, in L.A. and then running around the country as well. Thank you to you, all of you for listening. Thank you to our friends at moinkbox.com. Make sure you like and subscribe. Keep the keep the uh, family growing here at Breaking Bread and we'll see you next time with more food.